I understand it's not necessary, but would North Carolina Central think about expanding their passing attack? Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, Sam Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives, which you can see right here at the bottom of the screen. But if you're on the audio side of things, you don't see anything except for probably the game that you're playing while listening to me. I don't mind, but it's okay. Just don't forget the S on the end of South Exclusives. Once you beat that level, go on to that blue app, that bird, yes, Twitter, and follow me and report at Mouth of the South. We're trying to get the rightful owner of that Twitter handle right here. Me, Darian Gray, the Mouth of the South. So on today's episode, we're going to dive into Howard and why they only need to fine tune during their spring practice. No more overhauls, just fine tune what they were already good at last year. Fam, you decided to go on the pros and or excuse me, they decided to do the draft format when it comes to the spring game. And I'm going to give the pros and the cons of that approach. Before we get into any of that, North Carolina Central coming off of a celebration bowl victory. Why would I even suggest they would do such a crazy thing? But I would love to see them expand their passing attack. I think there's a cap on how much they would do it because of familiarity, because of really the, the conference that they play in is not necessary and the success they were able to have with the balanced offense that they had last year. But in the words of Monique, I would like to see it. I would. I would like to see what North Carolina Central is able to do in a more high volume passing attack offense. They were very balanced. And as far as the MIAC goes, they were actually one of the most active passing attacks in the game. But to me, they have a new tight end who's coming in through the transfer portal. And when you have when you have Coach Oliver, who I know does not like the transfer portal as much as he likes recruiting out of the high school ranks. It tells me that this tight end is special. And I don't think this tight end is special because he's going to block really well for Mookie Collier. I think that he's really special because he could be a middle of the field general. I think he's really special because he can be yet another weapon for Davius Richard. All the receivers are really back except for EJ Hicks. You have a bunch of sophomores who can get pushed kind of to a more prominent role, but they've been around, so you still have continuity. You don't have to worry about new blood or anything or trying to get that rhythm together. And listen, this isn't because I don't think that Davius Richard could do it or that I need him to prove it. I think that Davius Richard would excel in a high-volume passing attack. I would think he would absolutely excel, and that's really the reason I want to see him do it. Not because I need proof, but because I want to just witness it. You know, some people are like, oh, I want to see him do it so I can believe it. No, I already believe it. I already do. But here's my thing. 
They're perfectly balanced and they don't really need to stop being balanced. Success. They just won the Celebration Bowl being a balanced team. And they pass a lot for MEAC standards. But if you look at attempts wise, what they would be in the CAA, the SWAC, not top five. You're looking in the OVC. They're just barely at the top five. Now you're looking at the three other conferences that house HBCUs. You're just not an you're not really a passing team. But Davius Richard is a true dual threat quarterback. He is a true run pass option. He will dice you up on the ground. He would dice you up through the air. So I don't want to take the running component out of it, especially when you have a guy like Mookie Collier. It's very difficult for me. I can't advocate for you changing. But I'm telling you, as a fan of the game, as a person who really does enjoy Davius Richards ability because he's extremely efficient. If they pass as much as these other swag CAA OVC schools, they would have one of the best passing attacks in all of those conferences. It's just right now the attempts aren't there. I can't advocate for it, but as a fan, I just think it will be so fun to see him slinging the rock with all of those young wide receivers with that new transfer tied in. I think it would be fun to watch it happen because everybody acknowledges his legs, but I don't feel like enough people acknowledge his arm. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just making that up. Maybe that's a, a false narrative. Maybe I'm just not seeing the people who are acknowledging his arm. But in a high volume passing attack, there will be absolutely no doubt that he is a great quarterback and somebody who I believe should be the first HBCU quarterback drafted in a long time. I don't think he needs to prove anything to the scouts. They've seen it. They passed enough at North Carolina Central. But just imagine him putting up godly numbers. Just imagine it. On the way to back-to-back -back celebration bowl victories. I could write this if I wanted to. I could write these things if I wanted to, but I don't think that's fair from somebody in my position because we all know. So let, let's be real. For those who are on the audio side, I awkwardly pointed at this flag of Texas Southern behind, behind me. So... But I think that Davius Richard in a high volume offense, oh my gosh, these are the things that dreams are made of. I had to go all the way back to 2017 when I found a MEAC team who actually passed for 300 yards. I had to go back to 2018 when I had two teams in a MEAC who passed more than 350 times. This is just not something that they do a lot, but it will be interesting to watch if they broke the mold. If North Carolina Central broke the mold and they were like, you know what, we're going to sling this rock. We're going to show you exactly what our star quarterback's arm is made of. But like I said, this is what dreams are made of. I could go on and on and on about this, but I won't. Instead, I'll go on and on and on about the pros and cons of a spring draft, of drafting your spring team as opposed to saying first team offense, first team defense, second team offense, second team defense. We're just going to have a mixed bunch. I have two pros and I have two cons for this format of the spring game that FAMU is choosing. We'll dive into this as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And I gave my chair a, a Built Bar because it's strong. I ain't failed not a one time, not a singular time. Can you hear that? That's me knocking on wood. Or I could just trust the Built Bar that I gave it because it's the best protein bar on the market, bar none. So good that it even helps little flimsy chairs like this one I have right here. But I think my chair's favorite one would have to be the Built Puff, the churro. Oh my gosh, that is delicious. I ain't mad at your chair because you have a marshmallow covered in 100% dark, dark chocolate that is good for you, tastes good, 
high in protein, low in fat, low in sugar, low in carbs. It has every single box checked. There's not another one on the market that does it. Please rush over to Sam's Club, get a 13 pack. Please rush over to Walmart, get a four pack or you could do like me and please just be patient. Just wait for the shipping and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day we'll be back next week to discuss how these Uh, spring games how they play out who looks good what's a standout what are some of the things that i liked and next week i'm going to do a pro day i'm going to record myself with the 40 yard dash the vertical the broad i might try to do the shuttle i don't know but i'm going to record myself doing these things and we're just going to have a good time because i believe in having fun look for that this week or next week on the show i should i should say now famu is choosing to have a draft for their spring game roster I've seen a couple of other teams do that this year. Is that new? Is that something that you've seen before? I haven't seen that before. This is something that I know, fam, you did it last year. So maybe I just wasn't paying overly, you know, attention to, I don't know. But the idea of you drafting a roster is foreign to me. And I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. Whether it's new or not, it's new to me. And I don't quite know how to feel about it. I have pros and I have cons. I lean a little bit more to my cons, but then again, I don't want to be the get off my porch guy or get off my lawn guy. I want to be accepting of new ways to do it. So let me read to you the pros and the cons, and then I'll kind of talk about each one of them. So pros are it it individualizes the game. And then also you get a view kind of of how these players value or excuse me, these teams value the players. That's with the draft. Then the cons you don't get the best versus the best all the time. That's not a guaranteed aspect of the game now. And then also, it can lead to some clunkiness in play. I'm going to start off with the con. And that's probably the one that's strongest to me. And that's the reason I don't know if I like it. I like seeing the best versus the best in spring games. I remember when I was a, uh, uh, not young, but I was just there a couple of years ago at New Orleans Saints camp. And one of the best parts of New Orleans Saints camp was watching Marshawn Lattimore and Michael Thomas go head to head. Even when I wasn't present, you were able to see the videos. You know what I never saw? I never saw Michael Thomas versus Ken Crowley, the number two corner. I never saw that. And Ken Crowley was coming off of a solid year one of these times. Never saw that, but every single year, I saw Michael Thomas versus Marshawn Lattimore until everything happened. But you know why everybody wanted to see Marshawn versus Mike T? Everybody wanted to see it because there are two players who are great at their position who play on the same team, and we never get to see that. And the best of the best going against each other is not guaranteed with this draft method. Because what if I get the best defensive end and the best left tackle? What if I get the top corner and the top wide receiver? I'm not seeing those matchups. These are the type of matchups that people love to see, and fans only get to come out for a spring game. I can't see my number one versus my number one. That's the most exciting matchups because I expect my one to kill my two. If it doesn't happen, okay, yeah, definitely that's great. But I expect my one to come out ahead in that matchup. But if I have my top corner, 
let's say I had a guy like BJ Bowler versus Xavier Smith. Well, that's fun. That's a that's a lot of fun, right? You look at the LSU matchups. Don't I still see Jamar Chase versus Derek Stingley because we never got to see it, but we got to see it in practice. These are the type of moments that people want to feel invited into. I do. So I 100% believe that that is a con, and that's from a fan perspective. And this is not just a fan event, but you've had four weeks, three weeks to be able to evaluate what the talent was. So you don't need them to go head to head. Fans don't get three weeks to watch a Marshawn versus a Mike T. They just don't. So I think they're being robbed of this moment. Now let's get into the pro. It kind of ended, ended, come on, man. It individualizes the game. Got to laugh at yourself sometimes because some stutters just sound bad. That was a did it. It individualizes the game. And that's something that I think I like because as a team, you move as a unit. Of course, there's certain positions that move more as a unit than others. An offensive line, defensive line, but specifically O-line is one of them. And sometimes you have a left tackle who covers up for left guard play. Sometimes that left tackle struggles. Now, of course, you wanting your coaches to be a little bit smarter than the average viewer and be able to recognize that this left tackle's performance is kind of hurting, is kind of being hampered by a left guard that just is not that good. But sometimes it's not as obvious. Maybe you're trying to overcompensate. Sometimes you don't look as bad because somebody else is covering up for you. In the individual game, if you're the guy who covers up for people, you look amazing. Because how good you are is on full display. You're able to hit your peak, especially if you're not worried about anybody now. But if you're the guy who's being covered up for, oh, you're getting exposed. Everything you do is clear. If For me, it paints a clearer picture. So that's the fun in individualizing the game. But the problem is that pro leads to my next con, and it's, it's chunky sometimes because if we're talking about offensive line play, there's a certain continuity that comes with playing with the same guys over and over and over and over and over again. There's a certain aspect of that that you just start to gain what their tendencies are. Oh, I know on a stretch play, my left tackle is going to move like this. My left guard is going to move like that. I know that this center is going to protect that back. So I understand what each guy is going to do and I trust them to be able to do what they're going to do. So that uneasiness of not trusting a player could be there. But then also, if you're just used to a player playing in a certain kind of way in this replacement, because you're not next to the left tackle you're used to, you're not next to the right guard that you're used to. They don't play it the way Darian Gray plays it. You know, that is just different. The communication isn't the same. You don't just instinctually see the same things the same. That's going to come into play. You look at a wide receiver and a quarterback. Chemistry is important. Quarterbacks throw to pretty much all the wide receivers. But they might not throw to these wide receivers as much. You got a guy who's a third string wide receiver trying to go with the second team quarterback or the first team quarterback. Might not be that familiarity. See, so a timing route like a slant, I'm thinking it's 1,000. Boom, I'm going to hit him right there. He might not be there. He might like to herky-jerky a little bit on his release. So the timing of that route is a little bit off because I'm not used to what he does because I throw to him. But when it comes to teams, the team section, team portion of practice, when you actually have to be guarded, I'm not. So the guy who just is a quick release off the line of scrimmage and he hits the spot like that, it's not the same as the guy who puts four moves on you to get off the line. It's different. It's different. You hear people talk about wide receiver releases and things like that, and we value, we praise what you do off the line. And, oh, man, I was so creative. But you also got to listen to quarterbacks talk about it. 
You got to listen to quarterbacks talk about it. And they talk about the downside of it is it takes so long for you to get off the line before you even get into your route. That throws up timing. Or maybe you're just talking about a receiver who likes the ball a certain way or isn't used to how the quarterback places the ball. This doesn't mean either guy is wrong. It just simply means they're not used to each other. These things can happen. I, and I'm, I could be going extreme. Right? I could just be saying worst case doomsday. But that matters. Trust me that it matters. And those things will come into play at some times or could come into play at some times. Hopefully you don't, you know, you don't want it to, but you know what a possibility is. And by not having units who are familiar with each other, you don't really know exactly what you're going to get. The continuity of the game could be weird. The game could be clunky. It could not really flow because these players are not used to each other, but it does give you an opportunity to really evaluate everybody. And the last pro for me was it, Kind of tells you how they view players at times because your first pick, oh, that might be your best player. Second pick, second best player. It Way to look at it because Jeremy Musa was not the first overall pick, right? So that was something that surprised me. I thought, okay, quarterback, clear number one. No, pick the defensive lineman, then the offensive tackle. So, okay, you value in the trenches. But maybe if you're looking at a position like, oh, this receiver was, or this receiver was drafted before this other receiver. Those are things that can come into play as well. So it, it's just, it's kind of tricky. It's not an exact science. I wouldn't tell you to go look at the order of draft picks and take anything from it. I would probably wait, but it's a, something that's interesting. It, that, that's the least of it. It's interesting. And one thing that I wouldn't say is interesting is the spring practice of Howard. I'm not really intrigued by it. I just feel like they just need to fine tune. There's no building something new. They just need to fine-tune what they already have, and that's not always the most interesting thing. But I'm going to tell you why it's extremely important as we continue with Locked on HBCU. And as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day and making it all the way to segment three. Thank you two times for that. I truly do appreciate it. And Howard spring practice, it's just about fine tuning. Oh, not exciting at all, right? But it's important because you have to understand that Howard is a championship team. They were second place last year, but they're a championship caliber team. They're not trying to be co-champions. They're not. I put the air quotes, right? I, I think that being a co-champion is great for some things, but I can guarantee you that that initial hype from it is kind of gone. You didn't win the Celebration Bowl. You didn't win the MEAC. You're not satisfied. You cannot end in the same place you were last year and be satisfied. If you are going to be a co-champion, you have to be the co-champion that goes to the Celebration Bowl. I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. That's just a fact. If Howard in 2023 ends the season as a co-champion that is sitting at home watching the other co-champion make it and win the Celebration Bowl, they are not happy. In order for that not to be the case, you have to fine-tune. Just got to tweak. See, last season, you're building. You're trying to create something. You're trying to create a foundation, but you've created the first floor. Now it's time for floor number two. Now it's time to build on top of your foundation. Now it's time to expand on everything that you did to make everything turn around last season. You no longer have to make something that is not there. You're returning 20 of your starters. 
Now, I don't know if they're only because I got this off of Howard website. I don't know if you're only talking about starters on the offense and defense or if you're talking about special teams, but you're looking at 20 out of 22 to 26 players. That's a lot of continuity. So much continuity that the Howard coach felt switching Ray Williams from safety to corner was enough to give the defense the edge they needed. Just a slight tweak, keeping them in the secondary, but just moving them to corner gives them a certain edge. You're not far off. You're not far at all. Now, that being said, North Carolina Central, the person I started the show off with, is still the team to beat. North Carolina Central, the team I started off the show with, is still the team that you feel like should be the favorite. See, because when I say co-champions that are watching the other co-champions in the Celebration Bowl, North Carolina Central was the co-champion that was out here raising up the trophy. They would love to be exactly where they were last year. They would love for Howard to be in the same spot that Howard was last year. They would love that. It's up to Howard to tweak a little thing. Of course, you got to find a lead wide receiver. But you're hoping that Quentin Williams, whoever it is, is able to elevate that guy. You're hoping that Jared Hunter, maybe he's going to be the engine of your team. But if you're going to have your running back be the engine, you just got to do some fine tuning around them to make sure everything's moving like a well-oiled machine. You see where I'm going with this. The word plays on point. Now, here's the thing. Whatever you do, don't change too much. Don't change too much. You can't go in here and try to change something that isn't broken. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Simple and plain. If it's not broke, don't fix it. And Howard is not broke. You came back. I don't think many people expected Howard to be exactly where they were in 2022. They're not going to sneak up on a soul in 2023. You are beating North Carolina Central away from being in a celebration bowl. All you had to do was beat the Eagles and you are in the celebration bowl. Fine tune during the spring practice. Don't change too much. Find a little piece that you need to put together to make sure that you are a complete team this year. Fill those little four spots. And go into the season and see what you can do. That's the way I look at it. It's not sexy. It's not interesting, but it's important. Because you try to change too much and now you go from second to fifth. Nah, no. <laughs> we try to go from second to first. Change the little things. One thing that won't change, hopefully, is that you continue to make us your first listen of the day every day. That's my fingers crossed. I hope that I'm keeping you engaged, keeping you wanting to be here because I want to be here for you. On tomorrow's or Friday's episode, it's always weird when it's a or no, excuse me, Monday's episode. It's always weird when it's a Friday episode saying tomorrow, but it's really Monday. We'll be recapping these things sometime next week. We'll do our pro day where I'll be running. You'll see me actually being athletic. Oh, my gosh. You'll see why I probably sit in front of this microphone. But until then, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.